You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Stand with me as we read Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16. It says, for we have not an high priest, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The easier way to say that is that we have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, with that in mind, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with faith and feelings part two. That faith does not nullify your feelings, nor do feelings nullify your faith. The scripture tells us that our high priest, Jesus Christ, our chief intercessor, who goes to God on our behalf, which is why we pray to the Father in his name. He said, in that day you shall ask me nothing, but whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. That's why we're very specific. I was in a training session with our leaders this week. I was reminding them of how we pray. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's how he told us to pray. And he goes to the Father on our behalf, and we can come boldly to him because, as the Amplified said, he sympathizes. He has a shared feeling with our weaknesses, our infirmities, and the liability to the assaults of temptation. He knows what you're going through. He knows how the devil tries to come at you. He knows the weapons that have been formed against you. He knows what the devil's trying to do to you. So as the message says, we don't have a priest who's out of touch with our reality. You know, the problem, the problem with, with extremes in politics many times is that we can get out of touch with people's realities. Okay? As much as you're concerned about tax issues, everybody ain't concerned about taxes. Some people are concerned about feeding the kids. Come on now. And so sometimes people can get out of touch with people's reality. And we saw that even in John 11, 35, the reason why Jesus wept at the grave of Lazarus, knowing that he was going to raise him from the dead, is because he was in touch with reality of the grief that they were experiencing at the moment. And even though in the next moment it was going to change, he was present with them in their moment. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can bring our feelings. And then we said, but sometimes we, the feelings we're going through, we need to sit in it a little while and ask questions to get to the root of it. When Cain got angry, God said to him, why are you angry? When Jonah got angry, God said, do it thou well to be angry. And I speak because if we ask the right questions about our feelings and sit in those questions, the answers will actually help us locate our faith and many times push us further into faith. So we said you got to maintain your hope. Don't allow your feelings to make you hopeless. Look at somebody and say, I still have hope. Come on, I think the Lord spoke this to me. And when they, sometimes when the, Lord, uh, when the Lord speaks things to me, don't, 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 don't just take my Twitter for, for granted, okay? Sometimes when the Lord speaks to me, I'll, I'll tweet it immediately. Because, uh, but I think, the, I think the word the Lord gave me this week, and I, I tweeted it immediately, is that hope is 
is faith's response to disappointment. Hope is faith's response to disappointment. Not depression, hope. I still have hope in the midst of my disappointment. That didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. That didn't happen when I thought it was going to happen. That didn't happen as I thought it was going to happen. But somebody say, I still have hope. And so because we still have hope, we keep on believing. And I concluded by saying, believe anyway. And we even went to Acts 27 and 20 where there was no moon, no, no stars. It looked like everything was, gonna, was, was coming to an end and they were, they were going to be shipwrecked. Paul says in Acts 27, 25, in the midst of this hopeless situation, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. So as we go further this week, I want to start off by telling you that God understands your fears. I said God understands your fears. Christians don't want to say, I'm fearful. Christians, we, we, we always want to, you know, we, we want to give the automatic response no matter what's going on. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored? How you feeling? Blessed and highly, now come on. I'm blessed and highly favored, but I'll be honest with you, I don't always feel blessed and highly favored. I am blessed and highly favored. But I don't always feel blessed and highly favored. Because, you know, sometimes they say, well, if I was a little more blessed, then this would be, if, if I was a little more favored, this wouldn't happen. But you have to keep on pushing anyway. I want you to understand God understands your fears. The phrase, fear not, this is so interesting, y'all. The phrase, fear not, or do not be afraid, appears 365 times in the Bible. What does that tell y'all? 306, does that sound like a year? Does that sound like every day? In other words, every day God's speaking to you, telling you, be not afraid, fear not. I know what the economy is doing. Be not afraid, fear not. I know you plan on buying a house and it looks like the interest rates keep going up. Be not afraid, fear not. I know that you want to anticipate that your loved one was going to transition at this time and you wonder how I'm going to make it the way I thought when my mother died in my junior year of, of college and that was my only source of support uh, I, that I felt. Uh, but God says, fear not, be not afraid. I got you. I got you. When your mother and your father forsake you, I'll be there to take you up. In this life, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Fear not. Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. This is so important, y'all. It says, In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus himself, likewise shared in the same. He shed his blood. Watch this, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. That's pretty plain. Through Jesus shedding his blood, he came to destroy the devil and the works of the devil. Why? Verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus came to release you from fear of death, which will keep you in bondage. Now, follow this train of thought. Whatever you're fearful of is going to keep you in bondage. Let me talk to you folks right in these one, two, three here who's scared of flying. If you are fearful of flying, you are limited to driving. 
and you can't go to Hawaii. You can look at the pictures, but watch this. If you are fear of flying, then you're bound to the ground. Well, I, I tell you, I, I ain't going on no cruise. I'm fearful of, 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 of water. Okay? Then there's just, you ain't going to never wobble on a cruise. <laughs> You'll be wobbling at the house. Fear keeps you in bondage. And so if you're going to live a free life, you got to overcome fear. Now, there are, there, are some, there are some things that are naturally instinctive, like, like I'm scared of people who ain't scared of lions. Okay? People say dumb stuff, you know. They, they, were, we, they, 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 they petting the lion, you know. And then the lion attacked and bite their arm. They, they told me the lion went crazy. No, you went crazy. The lion went lion. The lion just being the lion. We were in, when we, I preached in South Africa, they took us for a safari, and y'all know, and I, I didn't see enough of these things go wrong. And y'all have to understand, I was, a, I was a claims adjuster. Because I was a claims adjuster, I adjusted claims with all types of bodily injuries and all types of uh, product liability, things that go, that's why y'all can go to the fair and go on all those rides. I ain't going upside down on nobody's machine that a man built. Okay? And to me, and that's not fear. That's just stuff I don't have to do. <laughs> we, we're in South Africa, and they took us on this safari, and, uh, and, and the women's couple of South African women, they, they, they just thought it was so funny. And uh, they, they, they rolled the window down, and the lines up, like, here, kitty, kitty. I said, stop it. Put the window back up. They would just crack. I said, put the window back. Listen, I ain't playing with you. I'm here to preach, but you're about to make me cuss. Certain things you just don't have to do. But if you're going to live a free life, Jesus came to release you who through fear of death were all their life subject to bondage. So listen, y'all, the solution to fear is twofold. Number one, you got to believe the love of God. Come on, somebody say, God really loves me. I know, I mean, one of the first songs I learned in church as a Sunday school, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. But 1 John 4, 6 and 1 John 4 and 16, it says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So a lot of people, we know the love of God. He said, but do you believe the love of God? Okay, some of you heard me, heard me tell, tell a story many times over the years that when my boys were, were little boys, they were, they were all under 10, and then their cousin, Justin, was visiting with us. We were in, living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had to go way out to a place called Ponca City, Oklahoma, and investigate a claim there, and sometimes I was taking a day trip. I'd take my family along with me, and I went out there, and uh, there was this statue with, with a ledge on it. The ledge was about yo high to where I'm putting my hands on that, and I put each of my boys up there, and I put them up, and I said, jump, and they would jump down in my arms, and I'd go, whee! Okay, Chandler did it, and Tyler did it. They jumped, jump, whee! Then Daniel, did, whatever the other boy was going to do, Daniel definitely going to do it. And he, he jumped out, whee! And he said, do it again, Dad. And my, and my nephew there, Justin, was there. And I said, jump it. He said, <laughs> I said, jump. 
He's, <laughs> okay, my boys know me. My boys know I love them. They know daddy tells me to jump, daddy's got me. But my nephew, he didn't know me like that. Okay? And, and so, you, you not only got to know God, you got to believe he loves you. And if you believe the love, you know, if God don't take care of nobody else, he's going to take care of me. Come on now. I'm, I'm talking how I talk to myself. If God don't provide for anybody else, he's going to provide for me. Come on, if, if, if God don't heal anybody else, God will heal me. You, you have to believe the love. You got to make this thing personal that he loves me. Come on, somebody put your point to yourself. Say, God loves me. Oh, my goodness. Something about having that assurance that he loves me. Not, not, and he, uh, he watch this, and God, God loves me and he knows all about me. Now, that's even taking it to another level. Because some of us love people until we find out about them. I didn't know that about you. You crazy. <laughs> God already know you crazy. <laughs> and he loves you anyway. God already knows you lie. And he loves you anyway. God already knows all your idiosyncrasies and, and all your habits. God knows your attitude. And he still loves you anyway. You got to believe the love of God. And then we drop down to 1 John verse four, four, uh, chapter 4, verse 18. He said, there is no fear in love. These feelings of fear we have, we have to become perfected in love. There is no fear in love because perfect love, perfected love, love at its most mature state casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, y all, y all, some, some of you who follow us on social media, you realize that last summer, I think last summer or early this year in the spring, Pastor Marshall took swimming lessons. Okay? And she sent the boy, I was so proud of her, and she showed me her swimming in that pool. Well, I tried to teach her to swim. I don't know, we didn't have a pool on Mohammed years. I tried to teach her to swim. And we standing there in three feet of water. I said, come on, lay, lay on, lay, lay on. I said, just kick your feet. And she said, she, she started going, ah, ah, ah. I said, ah. And she gonna drown me along with her in three feet of water. I said, Marcia, just stand up. This woman, she wasn't being perfect. She, I, she got the, I, I love you, woman. I ain't gonna let you drown in th not in three feet. <laughs> in ten, <laughs> we both gonna be praying. But I ain't gonna let you drown in three feet of water. Another time, we, the first time we went on a boat, she, she, she hadn't been on my boat. This was many, many, many years ago. We got my first boat, and she hadn't been out on the boat. And some kind of way, she thought a boat been a cruise. I said, we going on the boat. She pictured we going on the cruise. And we got on the boat, and she, she done brought her, she brought her book, her notepad, her journal. Like God going to be talking on this water. And the water got rough, and I had to go over the water. And the, and the waves were, was waves hitting the water, and it was small. And it was boom, boom, I'm trying to do She said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I said, Marcia, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I think a lot of times we're panicking. And, and, and God said, really, you don't think I love you enough to take you through this? Why are you acting like I'm not on this boat with you? Okay? Perfected love casts out fear. 
uh, because fear involves torment. He who fears is not made perfect. So we, we got to grow, I said, not only in our love towards God, but we got to grow in believing he loves us. You need to understand, because God's not growing in his love towards you. Let me say that again. God is not growing in his love. You may be growing in your love towards him. God's not growing his love to you. God loves you, period. Period. When you get God, you got all of his love. He's not growing in, and you, you, you know how when you're dating somebody, somebody say, well, are you, are you in love with him? Say, well, I don't know yet. And then people say stuff like, I, I ain't putting myself out there like that. Jesus already, God already put himself out there like that when Jesus died on the cross. <laughs> he put himself out there like that. So when you get God, you get all of God. And you get all of his love, and he's not growing in love with you. He's not maturing in love with you. He, he's not developing his love with you. He loves you, period. So first, first of all, you don't have to believe the love of God is going to overcome fear. Second thing, you got to trust because I, because I believe the love of God. I trust that God will take care of me. Somebody say, God will take care of me. Uh, we, we looked at this last week, at least from another gospel. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 37 through 40, it says there was a great storm that arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was filling. As we said, there's no problem with the boat in the water, water in the boat, we got an issue. But he was in the stern, the lower part of the, of the ship, sleeping on a pillow. I always make mention of that point only because the Bible mentions it. Jesus was sleeping on a pillow, which the only, and the only purpose for a pillow is comfort. Only is why I stopped there, because there are people who have problems with people having stuff that they don't need. Well, you don't need that. You don't need a pillow. What you need is sleep. Am I right? But a pillow makes sleep more comfortable. And I believe the only reason why that's in there is just, just to tell you, Jesus has no problem with you being comfortable. So to just get over all those poverty-minded people say, well, what you need that for? I don't need it. I, don't, I just like it. I, and I can enjoy it. Amen. He makes, he gives us all good things to enjoy. He's sleeping on a help locate their faith or lack thereof. Do you not care that we're perishing? And he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace, be still. He rebuked the wind. Shut up, wind. Cease, wind. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How is it you have no faith that I love you? Okay. Didn't you see me feed 5,000? Did, didn't you see me heal this one, heal that one, and open blinded eyes? Watch it. Of people I didn't even know? Of people I didn't have a relationship with? Of people who were not even called to walk beside me? The people I have not been spending hours at a time with and days at a time. People who didn't even go in the wilderness with me. And you're questioning my love for you. I believe that, that, that there are times where God's saying, come on now, you, come on, get yourself together. Locate those feelings and realize that these feelings need to push me into more faith. And so sometimes you have to be real deliberate when you're going through these things to counter those feelings by saying, God loves me. You get a bad report, but God loves me. My father's going to take care of it. Pastor Moss and I, we were having dinner downtown last night, and uh, our, our, our server, uh, I asked, I said to the young man, I said, where are you from? He said, I, uh, she said, well, I'm from, I think, Georgia or, or wherever. He said, but I go to school here now. And uh, I said, well, what year is he? said, she said, I'm in, I'm, a, I'm in my senior year. 
He said, I have, I have one more semester. I said, what you going to do? She said, I don't know. She said, I don't know. I said, well, what, what are you interested in? She said, I think I want to I be involved in political campaigns. I said, doing what? She said, I don't know. I said, well, maybe you should consider. And, and so, so Pastor Mark said, well, she, she said, well, I have a, I'm, I'm thinking about doing an internship. I said, well, I said, well internship what? She said, I don't know. <laughs> she said, maybe. I said, you think about going to grad school? She said, uh huh. Not really. I said, well, maybe you need to consider public administration, MPA. She said, uh, maybe I'll just take a leap year. I said to her, listen, I said to her, I said, hope your mommy's saying this to you. I said, it's obvious that you're privileged enough to not know. She didn't catch that. I said, it's obvious that you're privileged enough to just be tiptoeing that, I'll figure it out later. Some of us came along, we were like, we, listen, I got, I got, I said, what you want to do? We, we were looking for jobs, we got to do something, ain't nobody, that, listen, ain't nobody coming to rescue me, I need an internship, I got to have a plan, because we had nobody else to go to, no, nobody to fall back on, including, including my, my children who we've helped, but some of us came along at a time, we had nobody to fall back on, but it's something of knowing that God will take care of you. Just like these, these children, they know, listen, I got time to figure I don't know why. Come my mother, she won't keep helping me. My father gonna be there. And they rest and they have this assurance that I got time to figure it out. I got time. Life is not gonna kill me. I'm not gonna die. I got a rich mother, a rich father, a father, a mother who have means to take care of me. How much more should we not be thinking? God's gonna take care of me. Oh my God. Yeah, the Democrats do this, Republicans doing this, Congress is crazy, but God's gonna take care of me. Prices are going up, inflation is out of control but God's going to take care of me. Gas prices up one day, low another day, but God's going to take care of me. Man, the price of eggs is this, the price of rice is that, the price of milk is this, but God is going to take care of me. I am God's child. And that's the assurance that God wants us to have in him. How is it you have no faith? Luke 12, 29 through 32, he says, and, and do not seek what you want to eat. Stop worrying, stressing about what you want to eat or what you want to drink. Nor have an anxious mind. For all these things, the nations of the world, that's not you. That's not kingdom people. That's Gentiles who are outside the covenant who have no relationship with God. They are seeking and worrying and stressing and striving. I can't go to church because I got to work. I can't serve in ministry because I'm grinding. You are talking like a sinner who don't have a father to take care of you. Woo! Oh, I, I'm feeling something in my spirit. Can I say it? You're acting like a bastard. It's in the scripture. Acting like an illegitimate child. I have a father. My father's going to take care of me. I'm not nameless. I know whose I am. I'm not in this world alone. Glory to God. All these things, the nation of the world seek, and your father knows that you need these things. He said, this is what you do. Seek the kingdom of God. I've lived this life. And it's been, it's been a, a walk of faith, but I lived this life when nobody else understood it. To build this sanctuary, we had to live this life. When other preachers who got all kind of faith names on their church name but have no faith, 
were telling me, don't build this. Why would you build it? People ain't coming to church. Aren't we people? People don't come to church anymore. The church is on the decline. Do you read the news or you read the Bible? Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me explain what he's saying. He said, he said we win. I don't care what the devil does, we win. Look at somebody say, we win, we win. Come on now, come on. I know we say, I'm going to run on and see if the end going to be. The truth doesn't matter. We already know the end going to be because we know we win. So don't wait till the battle's over. You're going to go ahead and shout now. Glory to God. Hey, glory to God. And I don't know how I'm going to win, but I know I'm going to win. I can't guarantee I'm going to end by a knockout. I, I might win by points. I might win because the enemy get disqualified. Come on now. I, might, I, I can't tell you the strategy by which I'm going to win, but I know at the end of this thing, they're going to raise my hand. Oh, glory to God. Boy, I'm feeling something in here. I know I'm going to win in financial issues. I know I'm going to win in family issues. I know I'm going to win. So he says, listen, what you do, verse 31, you, what you do is seek the kingdom of God and all these things that they're sweating about, that they're striving for, that they're panicking about, the thing that they are worried about, trying to make happen for themselves. He said, watch me add it to you. Watch me add it to you. Watch me add it to you. Watch me added to you. Honey, we got to talk about something. I've been meaning to talk about mommy a bit, okay? But, but I was I thinking about something. I never really asked God for things for myself. I'll be honest. I, I didn't ask God for a bigger house. I didn't ask God for a Mercedes. I didn't, ask, I didn't ask God for these things. God put me in a position that I could just go get those things. What I asked God to do was to bless my ministry. What I asked God to do was to make me effective in what he's called me to do. And because I've taken care of his house, he's taking care of my house. And so I, it has never been on my prayer plate, God, or my faith plate, God, I need a bigger house. God, I want this for myself. I live in, if I take care of the kingdom of God, these things can be added to me. Now, y'all know my background around the word of faith circles and all this kind of stuff. And so I would go in these, I would go preach for these people. We, were, we went to see, a, we went to see a, um, one of our members yesterday, old members have been with us for 25 years uh, or so. And uh, he's going through right now something and we, we went to see him and pray for him. But on the way there, I saw this little, this little, little building. I said, honey, remember years ago, I, I preached in that little for, for so-and-so. He said, really? I said, oh, yeah, it's a little daycare center now. Uh, I said, but I'll never forget going there to preach. And the place, this real little place that looked like it almost should be condemned. And when I went in, the pastor <laughs> had a Gulfstream model on his desk. And I, I said, I, <laughs> I said, what's this? He said, man, believe in God for a plane. Like, where are you going? <laughs> where, 
you look like you need to stay here and work on this. <laughs> you, got, you believe in God for a Gulfstream plane? Really? And your ministry is nowhere near needing to even go to North Carolina. And so what I always recognize, when God increased me to a level, then I'll have what I need at that level. Come on now. And so I don't go after things. I've never gone after things. I just believe God that if I'm doing what he tells me to do, whatever he wants me to have at that level, watch this. So watch this. So, okay, follow me. If the Mercedes costs 50, if the Lexus costs 50, if the, uh, uh, the, the Jaguar costs 50, and if the, the Lincoln costs 50, that's four different cars, okay? You don't need to pray about Lincoln or... The, if you got the 50, now you got options. Are you following me? So when you get to a certain level, there's stuff you don't even have to pray for because now you just got options. Come on now. Look at somebody say, God's about to give me some options. About, about to pick, choose, and refuse. Glory to God. I said, you're about to pick, choose, and refuse. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.